Uh, here we are. Mic one, mic one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Hey, this is uh, episode two. Uh, episode two that people are actually going to hear of Did You America Today? We're here. I know. It's pretty crazy. Amazing. Not been cancelled yet. Uh, wait till about 45 minutes from now. I'm looking at my list of things to discuss today. I think, um, yeah, there's a few cancelable bits and pieces. That's what we do best. I'm Cam Fields. Um, he's Jeremy. Uh, if you didn't listen to uh, the, the pilot episode of this where we discussed the fact that I got fired and have been reduced to uh, recording a podcast, as I said, like every other asshole broadcasting <laughs> from my uh, kitchen table, which is why uh, it sounds a little bit echoey. But, you know, I'm sure you can um, can deal with that. Um, breaking news, just as we've started recording this. Um, Jeremy tells me that the ginger-haired lady from Two and a Half Men has passed away. Yeah, I already lost her name. Hold oh. on. Uh, Conchata Farrell. Right. Yeah. Do you think that anyone goes, oh, her, yes. that person? Well, I told you, she's become like one of those that guy or that girl actors. Like, you don't really know who she is. She doesn't impress you much with her skills, but she pops up in so many memorable things that you're like, oh, yeah, her, I know her. Do you think... Um, her about to die, her last thought was, Jesus Christ, I was in a show with Charlie Sheen and I'm the one who dies first. Yeah, they, someone definitely lost a lot of money today. I mean, if you were going to have a Deadpool on the two and a half men, you would think that he would go first. All of a sudden, Charlie Sheen's like, holy shit, two more million dollars to buy coke with. Let's do it. And hookers. Don't forget hookers. He also loves hookers. Talking of which, uh, we had a little uh, off-air chat before we um, started uh, recording Did You America Today, uh, where Jeremy and I were uh, discussing uh, uh, some drug stories. And um, he informed me that uh, during the period with which that um, the uh, designer drug Meow was uh, very popular, here in the US, you just called it Meow. Yeah, it was just simple Meow, like, like a cat. In... England, they called it Meow Meow. This is just another early example of why America's better. You are even more efficient with your drug names. Because it only occurred to me when you said, yeah, you know, and then uh, so-and-so was doing a load of Meow. I said, what, you mean Meow Meow? And Jeremy goes, no, I mean Meow. And I said, oh, no, 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 in England, it was called Meow Meow. And then Jeremy goes, why did you name it twice? I'm like, because the fucking English, typical, see? You just you could have just called it meow. Because like everything in America, you're more efficient. But no, meow meow, they called it. The drug's so terrible, they had to name it twice. Maybe. Man, it's no fun. <laughs> All right, yeah, stay away from it, kids. It's not, it's, it's not um... also the, uh, uh, the, the meow meow, as it was called in the UK, um, became really famous because George Michael, um, once drove into an... Uh, you remember you used to get those stores where people used to take their photos to be developed before everyone just had everything digitally on their camera, like if you needed yeah. the, the film developed? Yeah. Um, there was a chain of stores in England called Snappy Snaps. Yet another double namer. Right. Another thing that didn't need to be named twice, right? <laughs> it could just be called... That would just be called Snaps England in America. England is actually called England, England. They just like, here in America, we decided to short. I mean, that, again... Um, and kids, it's not a good idea to get high on drugs and then drive a car. That probably should be your first takeaway from the story about George Michael. But the second thing should be, don't waste time. Just get to the point. Why is it called Meow Meow? 
Why is the place that George Michael drove into the front of while high on Meow Meow called Snappy Snaps when it could have just been called Meow and Snaps? This is basically, I feel like, your main issue with England of a ton of issues because so far in our friendship, you've told me about 12 different words that they say differently in England than we say here. And every time I'm like, well, that was dumb. Right. Why not just call it this? Like, I, what was, I think you said cotton candy, they call it? Candy floss. Yeah. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's called cotton candy. In England, it's called candy floss. We're changing. And, and it is the main food group at a fair. Can you imagine telling a proper American that the main food group at a fair is the cotton candy when they think they're going for deep fried Oreos? I don't even think the average UK fair has a deep fryer on site. We gave up. On you might be able to get meow meow though, behind, <laughs> yeah. behind the bumper cars. The <laughs> we gave up on cotton candy as a fair food a long time ago. I mean, it's still there, but like that's more of a traditional thing. You know, we're talking corn dogs, turkey legs, like you said, fried Oreos, cotton candy. That's child's play. Mm-hmm. So it is um, uh, Amazon Prime Day today on the day that we are recording this. And um, I got uh, a couple of things to say about Amazon. First of all, I'm not one of these people who hates Jeff Bezos because he made 10 billion in one day a couple of Mondays ago or whatever it is. I'm uh, the biggest fan of capitalism. He started with nothing. He built that business up. Amazon's been a lifeline to a lot of people during the pandemic. Um, So um, any of your issues with the wealth of Jeff Bezos um, are just rooted in jealousy. Get him out of here. Right. Is that the first cancelable comment I've made during today's show? No, I'm all for it. I think uh, I think making money is pretty cool. Yeah. As someone who doesn't have much money, I would like the ability to one day make a lot of money. Anyone listening to this who wants to pay us a fortune to sponsor any of their products, uh, take note of what Jeremy said. Making money, pretty cool. I'm a whore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Amazon Prime Day today. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm all for Amazon, but by the same uh, account, I also like to support local businesses where I can because they've had like a hard time. Um, and I, and I, there's an example of this uh, that happened to me over the weekend that I, I wanted to discuss where local businesses kind of lead you astray by what they post on their social media. And I'm not going to name this local business because I don't want to like openly talk uh bad stuff about them because I, you know, I kind of still in theory support them, but let's just th- call them Walmart. No, <laughs> it's a record store, right? I'm a music fan and I still like going to stores and flipping through sleeves and stuff like that and looking at vinyl or CDs or whatever it happens to be. And there's a particular record store in Texas that I follow on Instagram and they're always posting, um, different releases that they've got in and uh, photos of limited edition albums or like, you know, stuff from the 80s or the 90s that's hard to find on vinyl. And they make the store look amazing. And I kept thinking, ah, they've actually got a store. I'm not just going to order it. Like, I'm going to go to the store and, uh, you know, go flip through the sleeves and I might find some other stuff. And, and, you know, and and it's almost like the, the amount of posts that I've liked of theirs where I'm like, oh, I could buy that. Or they've got this picture. And specifically, they had, um, I love Iron Maiden, and they've put out a 40th anniversary edition uh, picture disc of their first album, right? And this unnamed record store was posting all this on their uh, their social media. So last weekend, I decided I was going to drive a good 30 minutes from where I live to go to this store. And I was excited about my kind of retro 
record shopping experience that waited for me. Yeah, you're uh, you're having making a whole day out of it. First thing that made me think this was a little bit not how I intended it to uh, turn out was that I did about uh, five laps of the strip mall where I thought this record store was, and I can't find it. And I'm seeing there's the gym and there's the uh, uh, the chicken food place and I'm going round and round. And then I realized that this place is in a market. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's in the market. So like, it's a store inside a store. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mind that because if that was the equivalent of, say, a hotel inside a hotel, that's a great thing. Pro right. tip, if you go to Vegas, never stay in a hotel that's actually got its name outside the hotel. For example, you got Caesars Palace. It's all right, but you know where you want to stay? Hotel Nobu, which doesn't have a sign out the front, but it's in Caesars Palace, yeah. right? Yeah. So you go to Caesar's Palace and you've got like all of the, uh, you know, the general stuff that Caesar's Palace has. Right. And then you kind of like, if you know where you're going, you go around the corner and then suddenly the decor changes completely. And there's just a little sign inside the casino of Caesar's Palace that's almost whispering at you, Hotel Nobu. And then you get in like what's almost a secret elevator and you go to the reception desk and Hotel Nobu is so nice. They sit you down to check you in. Oh, do you get like, is it like Nobu the sushi restaurant? Do they bring you over some delicious scrimps? Second pro tip, if you get a deal on getting a room at Hotel Nobu, which I have because it's quite expensive, but if you go on the right weekend and you book in advance, you can get a good deal on a room. My second pro tip is, if you're the type of person that's like staying there but can't really afford it, which would be me, Yeah. although they don't like this, Call up room service at Hotel Nobu and ask if they'll bring you the Caesars Palace room service menu because you don't want to be ordering the, the sushi to the room. That will like make the price of the room oh, go up yeah, three yeah. times. <laughs> so you're staying in the luxury of Hotel Nobu, but you're ordering a Caesars Palace like fried chicken. Right. It's like, no, I still am just going to go down to the McDonald's in the food court. Same thing as if you go to Mandalay Bay. Yeah. If you know where you're going, there's a little secret elevator that takes you up to the Four Seasons. Huh. Yeah. Man. So anyway, when it comes to a hotel within a hotel, that is absolutely the way to go. When it comes to a shop within a shop, no. Hmm. So I'm wandering around the market, right? And, um, and I find a little Christmas store and I'm kind of entertained by that. And then I find uh, something that we mentioned in uh, the, the previous podcast. There was basically, and I'm not exaggerating here, a stall that sold a load of socks, primarily Trump socks with a few little Democrat socks on the side. But you could have different Trump socks for every day of the month, pretty much, with right. the amount that was there. And then I'm wandering and wandering and wandering. And I finally find the record store. I mean, I'm calling it a record store. It was literally like two crates of vinyl, maybe 30 bits of vinyl in total. And I stood there and the image of Jeff Bezos came into my head and the image of some anti-capitalist shouting liberal also came into my head. And I thought, here I am trying to support the little man Trying to support the independent trader. I've driven 30 miles. I've left like my 
deep Ellum, Texas bubble. I'm not going to tell you where the record store is because then otherwise you'll, you'll figure out what the record store is. And I, I don't, I don't want to name them because I don't want to badmouth them that much. But I've driven all that way, right? To, to, to go and look at some vinyl. And I'm thinking not only am I going to spend $40 on the Iron Maiden picture disc reissue, which by the way, is an album I've already purchased six <laughs> times in my life, to start right in my life. I'm gonna buy that album for a seventh time for $40 on picture disc, and I might impulse buy something else, maybe multiple other things. And I'm a man who doesn't have a job anymore, right? But I might do that because I'm gonna enjoy flipping through so many album covers in this record store emporium. But no, I could have bought more Trump fucking socks from the fucking stall next door, because what this record store tell me they've got on Instagram is not what they've got in their shop shop. That rant literally just put an extra $5 million in Bezos' bank account. That's exactly why people go to Amazon. And that is why you should support Amazon Prime, because you know what? <laughs> That's my local business. You know what? You, you know what? You know what I did? 30 minutes later, when I drove home, I went on Amazon.com and just ordered the Iron Maiden picture disc from them. <laughs> oh, so they, you didn't even get the picture disc from the quote-unquote record store? No, because they didn't have... I told you, they literally had like two two crates of vinyl, not including... So like, if you look at their, their, their social media posts, you would think... They are a decent sized record store with stuff that you actually, it actually makes you want to drive to, if you're a music fan, to the store to buy the stuff and have in your mind that you're probably going to see other stuff in there that you don't, didn't actually intend to buy, but you go, like, oh my God, like, I, I, in my head, I was going to a store, I was going to have a fun time looking at all this stuff, I was absolutely going to buy the Iron Maiden debut album on Picture Disc, having that album six times previously, but never mind, and probably be going, oh my God, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. I'll tell you this, when I was a little kid, there was a thing like late 80s where um, people used to illegally copy albums onto cassette, yeah. right? It, they called it like pirating back then. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. And I don't know if they did this um, in, uh, in the States, but um, it was a thing. I remember this from like when I was like five or six that um, people used to basically copy new albums onto cassettes and they would photocopy the inlay card from the cassette, right? <laughs> they would still put like the picture from yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you oh, get nice. that, but in a cassette, yeah, right? Official. And to sell them, they used to put them in a suitcase and stand outside subway stations around the London area yeah. and sell them until the police moved them on. Right. It was kind of like people did it with jewelry, with like fake watches. Yeah, yeah. But the budget version of that was pirated cassette. So if it was, I don't know, 1989 and you didn't want to spend, let's say, five pounds in England on the new right. Dire Straits official cassette, you could find a guy with a copied version of it selling it out of a suitcase outside of a subway station. My point is the man selling illegal cassettes had more variety of cassettes in his suitcase than I saw vinyl at this so-called <laughs> legit record store. I got a quick question about the cassette thing before we move on. Um, would you sometimes get, like if the guy selling it came on real hard times, would you get like a blank cassette that he just printed the picture on to fool you? Uh, no, you could tell if he came on hard times because the toner was clearly running out of his photocopier. So the, <laughs> so the photocopy right. of the cassette cover... In, in on paper that he badly folded to make it look yeah. like a legit inlay sleeve in the cassette. That was when you knew he was falling on hard times because um, 
it would kind of be like, um, I, say you used to do like a two for five pound deal. Like the two for five pound deal would go away. So he was charging you more for the actual copy cassette. And you think, huh, this guy's getting so hard up. He can't even afford new print toner in his photocopier. You wow. know? See, like that's even honestly a lot more efficient than my generation, which is the, you know, illegal download off of like Kazaa or LimeWire and then burn it onto a CD. But we didn't bother putting any pictures or anything on the CD. You just, you know, you had your mitts. But when I was, I was on a trip in California as a kid, I met this uh, aspiring rapper named D-Man Fluid. A name stuck with me forever. I don't even mind outing him for this because that that already sounds D-Man Fluid sounds like the kind of rap name equivalent of Meow Meow. Could have been shorter. <laughs> well, so he we well, he was it was either rapper equivalent of Snappy Snaps. He was terrible, but I loved him because he uh we immediately bonded over I was wearing a Texas hat, I was in LA, he was from Houston, I was from Dallas. He gave me the CD for free. I listened to it, I acted like it was good. But Two years later, my friend's mom was in California, ran into the same guy, bought the CD from him for $20, but her copy was blank. So clearly he had come up across hard times and had stopped selling his rhymes and still was like, oh, blank CD with my picture on it, right. you know? I mean, kids these days, they don't know the uh, trials and tribulations of getting illegal music. You know, I mean, I know like you got it illegally to start with and people like Metallica stepped in and said, stop that. Right. But you used to have to go to the subway station at the right time before the man with the suitcase ran away because some cops were coming to go. I don't think they are official copies of the new Tears for Fears album, are they now? <laughs> yeah, all we had to worry about was like pop-up ads of porn, <laughs> which I clicked and they were wonderful. Well, you did have the, the, the struggle for porn before the internet became quite as uh, up-to-date as it is now. And so, I mean, just the, the, the 2020, the world of instant porn, you just like get it on your phone and there you go, you know, you go. I mean, I, I remember having an AOL dial-up. It's very, very inconvenient to try and watch porn on AOL dial-up when in the middle of downloading that video, your mum decides she's going to make a phone call. I'm watching porn right now. My computer screen is flipped to you. It's it's my homepage. It's very easily accessible. <laughs> um, there's other music news today. Uh, Funko, um, whom I've started a collection of, have just released a new Black Sabbath Funko, but it's not any of the band because I think they've had a, a bunch of theirs uh, before. There is now a Funko of the girl on the cover of the very first Black Sabbath album. And uh, you might want to Google that album if you can't visualize the artwork while we talk about this. Um, so it's a girl wearing a mask. How would you uh, describe the, um, the cover of the album, Jeremy? There it is. Um, she, it's, it's like a darker metal version of Mona Lisa mm -hmm. that also kind of looks like Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. Right, right. And so um, they only discovered who this person was last year because this album is now 50 years old. And at the time, it's a, a girl who was, I think she was 18 or 19, um, wearing a mask. And I'm just wondering if now she's got her own Funko doll, if there's potential for her to become a celebrity by default in the same way that the baby from Nirvana's Nevermind album did. Because you know, you could, that baby's like 22 now. All right, where old's that album? He's about 22, yeah, yeah. right? 
So because he was the baby in the swimming pool on the cover of Nevermind, you can now hire him for pool parties. Really? Yeah. Will he like show up and get naked and jump in your pool? Yeah. You can just like snap pictures of his baby deck? Or, well, I'm imagining it's like a bigger dick now. You're imagining, don't assume. <laughs> you don't know what's in the water in Seattle. If, he's, <laughs> if he turned out to not be blessed with a large penis, he could just go, no, I just keep it this size because then people <laughs> realize I'm the baby from the Nevada right. cover. I've got to stay in character. It's how I make money in 2020. He's the only man to ever demand a smaller penis. <laughs> right, there you go. This I think it's too big. Although having said that, I mean, uh, you know, we're kind of out of pool party season now because things are getting colder. But now I've kind of put it out there. If you didn't know that you could book the baby from the Nirvana album cover, right? Yeah. You could just put someone none of your friends know in the swimming pool next time you have a pool party and they go, who's that person? Oh, that's the, that's the kid from the Nirvana album cover. They go like, no way. And it doesn't have to be. It could just be a random person. You go, yeah, yeah. Honestly, you can go, don't tell me you can Google the grown adult version of the baby. You can book him. Yeah, yeah, Google it. Google it. You can, you get, wow. And you actually got him. Like, I, I feel like that him, him PRing himself to say that he's now available for, for pool parties and stuff. Probably there are a lot of like, pirated versions of him. The equivalent of those Tears for Fears cassettes that the bloke was selling outside right. the subway station, there's a lot of those equivalents of people <laughs> claiming that they're the Nirvana baby. I was that baby. Look at this dick. But my... <laughs> <laughs> right. All you need is a small penis. <laughs> Check. <laughs> we just found my new career. <laughs> but I'm wondering if... Um, this uh, this lady from um, the Black Sabbath album covers, uh, in the same way, could now make herself available for Halloween parties. Maybe if next year Halloween parties become more like they normally are, because I guess people are kind of restricted on what they could do this year. Right. Because there's no reason that she couldn't have uh, a new career impersonating what she did in earlier life, especially as this album is 50 years old, and I think she was 18 or 19. If she's had a really hard life, she could look more scary now without any kind of mask on. I just, I'm kind of thinking though, like, what does, going back to her Funko, what, like, so those, those are the dolls with, like, they're the little ones with the big heads, with big, like, global yeah. heads, right? So for her, I mean, looking at this album cover, is it just, like, a lot of black hair covering the head? Just like, that's, you can't really see what her face looks like. Um, no, but but it's a very um, it's blurry the photo. Yes, but it's a striking vision, and also the thing with the Funkos is everyone keeps them in the box, right? So yeah. so it'll say Black Sabbath around it, and then people uh, that know will know. See, I think I think you're more in the know with the Funkos than most people because you're trying to make your Funko collection a thing. Well, well, no, I, I well. Okay, first of all, I think Funkos are a thing because there are so many of them available now. It can't just be me that collects them. Having said that, um, two of the most scathing criticisms of my Funkos, well, one of them was verbally said to me, the other one was more kind of implied. <laughs> the, the most scathing criticism was um, someone came to my apartment one day uh, before I moved to, to Dallas. This is when I lived in, in Phoenix. And um, I had, uh, uh, you know, all of my Funkos out on display there. And he was looking at them. 
And uh, I forget, he, he made some sort of sarcastic comment. I forget what the sarcastic comment was, but I, 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 but I, I questioned, questioned him, questioning my Funkos. Right. And he goes, it's not so much what you've got, it's how they're displayed. <laughs> right? But then, but then he went on to suggest that maybe I should take them out of the boxes, which is clearly the wrong thing to do. No. I, I, anyone who's got Funkos keeps them in the boxes. And Any I, collectible, you have to keep in the box. And I think his point was more that if you took them out of the boxes, they would take up less space, therefore they'd be easier to hide. Which leads me on to the second most scathing observation <laughs> of my Funko collection, which wasn't said to me. As I said, it was, uh, it was just implied. When I moved to DFW, because I'm useless and I can't deal with the real world, um, I hired a home stager from TaskRabbit. Do you know TaskRabbit? Yeah. Um, because, like, moving to Texas, I was all for it. Starting a new job didn't phase me. I, I mean, the whole idea of, like, will the people of Dallas take to a British guy on the radio? Of course they will. I'm more American than anyone I know. That's a fact. Right, I will come in and I will celebrate being America. And I'll t of course, it all went to plan. That's why I've not got a job now. But anyway, disregard, <laughs> disregard that. The one thing that I couldn't cope with was just the idea of the whole physical side of the move. So, I, you know, I, I paid movers to do all the packing and, right. and move for me. But you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't do the unpacking. But they do if you find the right person on TaskRabbit. So I get, ah. a, I get, I, I get a home stager, right? See, that's really smart. I wouldn't have thought to get someone hired to make your house a look a certain way for selling to be like, eh, unpack for me. Yeah. Well, I so I, I contacted the the lady who was advertising their services, and um, and she did come back and said, "So you're selling a place? <laughs> like, no, I just moved in." She's like. <laughs> I, I don't understand. That's not what her job is. I said, stick with me. You're going to agree to do this because you're American and you understand service. Right. So you want to get that bond. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. You understand service and the fact that money makes the world go round. And I'm about to offer to pay you for a service that you can provide because I'm too lazy. Yeah. That's America right there. Cash rules everything around me. Exactly. Great. So, so, um, so I said, no, I need you just to unpack my stuff. And, um, and she goes, okay. And I said, and um, I don't want to be here when you do it. Like, I, I just want to arrive. Like, can you come? Like, I, it arrives on this day. She was great. She arrived while the moving people were moving my stuff in. Wow. Right. And I, and I just said, can I just leave you all to it? Because to be honest, any kind of manual labor freaks me out. It's almost like it's all, you couldn't even see it. I don't even want to look. You know, like if some people that don't like needles, if they go to the right, doctors oh, and they've, sure. got, they've got to get an injection, they yeah. can't even look. I'm like that for needles and for manual labor. Like <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to know how the magic's done. I just want to come back to the end of the trick, right? If it was a magic trick, I don't want to go through the think of a number, tell me the name of your grandma, none of that. I just want to walk back in at the point they go, and this was the card. <laughs> exactly. Right? And then you run away in fear because magic is scary. So anyway, um, I, I uh, the lady says to me, well, um, have, have you got any, um, any kind of uh, stipulations about where you want stuff? And I said, well, that's your job, isn't it? 
Right. I, I, I don't, like, I, I said, if I struggle to find anything after you've gone, I'll just text you and ask where it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my... <laughs> and I said, also, like, I might find rooms in my house I never knew I had because right. I was looking for where you put the washcloths, right? This, this is basically is... a fun game of hide and seek yeah, now. 100%, except that all of my stuff would be put away and I don't have to do the unpacking. Anyway, the point is, is that she did a great job and she situated everything to the extent that when I moved, uh, friends and family were all like, oh, show us your new place. And I did a few video tours on FaceTime. And the reaction from everyone was, wow, you set it up really well. And I said, <laughs> I know, didn't I? Wow, look at me. I'm an adult. Anyway, there's a, a, a small closet in my bedroom uh, with shelves in it. A closet as in you close the door. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think she put every one of my Funkos? Oh, no. In the closet. <laughs> Where they belong. Behind <laughs> closed doors. Oh, man. And I, oh, and I went, maybe everyone that's been critical of my collection is right. The home stage is like, oh, God, i got kippies out of eyesight. I think she she's she, more she's, of a pop fan, you she, know. It's she, not really a rock fan. She still had in her head that she was she was staging a house to be sold, and she's going, "If the Funkos are left out, no one's going to buy this place." <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that, like, you know, I think it's because of Beanie Babies that people were convinced that like any toy collectible can one day be sold for fortunes. Because remember, like back in the day, like people were making thousands selling their Beanie Baby collections. So, like, for instance, me, like. I still have Pokemon cards. Mm. I'm convinced, like, I spent so much money on these dang cards that one day, one day, I'll be able to, you know, cash in on this. And then same thing, like, my mom one time got me these little, I guess they're similar to Funko, but, like, they're these little toy figurines called Little Homies. And in the end, like, they're just kind of racist. But, <laughs> but people were convinced, like, no. Little homies are gonna be the next thing. I think they have like a TV show about them. They're just like, no, and and, and like I'll never make more than a few cents off them. They just sit on my table in my room, just right? Posted up like the homies they is, right? Uh, how long till they have to be put in a closet because they're so unacceptable? It's like <laughs> my, it's like my, Duke, it's like my Dukes of Hazard car. This isn't a Funko. I don't. But I've had a, a Dukes of Hazard uh, little model car uh, since I was I don't know eight or nine. And I, it's traveled with me everywhere. I've got it here. And it sits next to the 18 van and the Knight Rider car. But the problem now in 2020 with that Dukes of Hazard model car is it is true to the car in the TV series. And on the top of it is the Confederate flag. <laughs> and I, I have resisted putting it because I've thought, does it need to be put with the Funkos? Nah. Right? Does, does like, what, what did, what did this, did the stager put your, uh, Dukes of Hazard card on display where it is now, or did you put that there? Actually, you know what? She put it there. Racist. Right. That's, <laughs> so now, if anyone says, well, you know, your stager had the right idea that the Funkos need to be kept in the closet, I'd be like, yeah, but she's a racist. <laughs> it wasn't me. You know what she left out? She left out the... Now, my thing with the Dukes of Hazard car is I've kind of tilted it in, yeah. in, 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 in a way so that it's on display and it says the Dukes of Hazard, but you can't see the Confederate flag. Right. Like you need to walk right up to it and stand on top of it to see the Confederate flag. And I don't know if that therefore makes it more acceptable or not, but, I, but it is very telling that a home stager, that was her job, kept the Dukes of Hazard Confederate flag flying car out in my front room, but put the Funko Pop dolls 
behind a door in a closet. So is your question, is hidden racism better than blatant racism? I would say yes. Oh, so you're you're thinking that she's going, I had to move in this British racist today. <laughs> no, he's I got he's got this stupid Funko Pop collection. But I was gonna I'm gonna out him because he's also got this Dukes of Hazard car. See, I think it was more that she didn't know you, so she was like, you know, long live the Confederacy. But I don't know if this Brit's gonna be down with it. So let me just kind of like turn this car kind of slightly <laughs> so you can't see the Confederate flag fully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, before we go today, while we're talking about slightly contentious subjects, Bill Burr, Saturday Night Live, we're talking about this on the Tuesday afterwards. Um, he has uh, caused a lot of backlash and calls for him to be cancelled because of uh, the uh, monologue that he did at the start of Saturday Night Live, um, where he basically said that uh, Black Lives Matter started out as a valid thing and was then taken over by white soccer moms in huge SUVs. I think that was quite <laughs> essentially, a, that yeah. was essentially a point. Um, and then went on to question why Black History Month is in February. So therefore, most month, most uh, years, it only gets 28 days, whereas uh, gay pride tends to be in the summer. So they are in months when they get 30 or 31 days. So they get more days every year. And yet gays were never enslaved. Oh, April! <laughs> well, not to mention significantly better weather. Do you want a parade in July or do you want a parade in February? Well, I'm going to say something controversial now. Uh-oh, okay. hold on, get your cancels out. All right, yeah, this might be the thing that causes this to be canceled. And I'm, I'm saying this as a gay man. I think, judging on a lot of the outfits I have seen at gay pride parades, right? Yeah. That it may do some gay people a favor to have the parade in February so they have to wear more clothes. Now, before you <laughs> cause me to right, before- Oh no, before, no you didn't. Before everyone says that's outrageous, it needs to be, right? I get that if you're a gay person, you know, previously uh, it was illegal to be gay up until like 1960 something, I think, which is ridiculous. And so you kind of want to show that it's a great thing now. And this gay marriage, and I'm all for that. I, I was nearly in a gay marriage once myself until he decided he couldn't have that much Iron Maiden in his life for the rest of the time. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, but I have to say, if you, if a lot of gay pride events, there are some outfits being worn. And again, again, it's a thing of cancel culture to go back on people's social media and look at things that they've posted in years go by, years gone by, and, and people uh, want these people canceled because of what they posted. There's going to be some gay people that could go back to their Instagram accounts in, let's say, 2015, 2016, and see the outfits that they wore at Pride and go, oh my God. What was I thinking? For, for a culture that's supposed to be very stylish. And I'm saying, just as a side note, that if it was in February and you had to wear more clothes, you might be better off. <laughs> See, I just think, you know, gay or straight, male or female, regardless of race or the weather that's happening while you're parading, you should be able to hang dong while you parade. And you shouldn't deny... Uh, Gay Pride Month as a whole from Hang and Dong. Are they going to Hang Dong in February? No. 
dicks out in July. <laughs> well, they. I also see a lot of um, uh, overly affectionate displays at at, at uh, a gay pride, and again. I get it. It was like you couldn't do these things in the open. It used to be illegal, so now you want to make a big thing of it now. Yeah. But I could also argue that if, say, Taylor Swift was on stage and you were in the middle of the, the, the Gay Pride Festival, a lot of people didn't take in any of Taylor Swift because they were too busy making out. <laughs> and, and if that was Taylor Swift playing at any other festival and it was a straight couple making out, you tell them to get a room. I'm just, you know... I like parades, too. Where's my parade? Well, the other thing with parades is all parades are a bit gay. Yes. Right? That's, that's like the one downside of being a straight man in America today is uh, we can't just parade around and have fun. We're supposed to be, you know, uh, more reserved. About I, I always found that quite surprising. Um, again, to put some balance here so we have less chance of being cancelled for everything I just said for the previous five <laughs> minutes. But you know, like when those idiots go, well, we're going to have straight pride, oh, right? God, yeah. I'm like, well, I think you're probably the type of person who's going to be a little bit shocked to know that just by having a parade, any parade, you are being a bit gay because all parades <laughs> are a bit gay. The other thing, the other downside of, you know, look, it's 2020. We're, we're trying to say that, you know, it's not perfect being a straight white male anymore. We're all equal. We all have problems. Umbrellas. Straight males are not allowed to use umbrellas, and it's extremely unfortunate. You look very feminine holding an umbrella right. no matter what. Right. Um, you think I like getting rained on? What, when it's bad weather, I'm supposed to stay inside? That's my movement. Is that another reason, therefore, that maybe not forever, but the Black History Month could change up with the month of Pride because gay men look better with umbrellas. Therefore, if Pride was in February, it would be fine because they could all be out with, Rock with the umbrellas. Umbrella. Hey, right. dong, your dong's not getting wet. <laughs> Normally, you want your dong getting wet. But in this scenario... Uh, dry penises are the way to go. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, the Bill Burr thing. See, we've just had a sort of humorous <laughs> discussion about his opening, yeah. right? Which I think is the right way to talk about these things. You could have a problem with it and you could just turn it off or turn the channel, right? Yeah. But in 2020, everyone wants everything cancelled. Personally... I think that what happened was because his, I mean, I think the way that he, he, he phrased everything was kind of balanced and they were, they were funny jokes that were there to provoke deliberately because that's yeah. what Bill Burr does, right? But I think that um, Saturday Night Live has become so left-wing that everyone who's watching it is seeing an opening monologue that actually I don't think was was really offensive and has gone, <gasps> there was like six minutes of Bill Burr, which was six minutes not trying to be as woke as we possibly can, which has basically been the regime of SNL for the last couple of years. What is going on? <laughs> and it's like, it's like there's certain words that just set certain people off. Like as soon as they see a comedian say the words, Black History Month <laughs> or Gay Pride Parade, they're like, give me my phone! <laughs> Get him out of here! Right. 
It's funny that you mentioned uh, how left-leaning SNL is, which is, I mean, it's obvious. They've made that very clear. But if you look like at the start of the week, it almost looked like they were trying to balance things out because Bill Burr, I mean, is pretty down the line, definitely has some conservative views that come out against cancel culture and mm. all of that. But also, they initially had a country singer as the musical guest. And before the end of the week, he was canceled and replaced by Jack White. And by the end of the monologue, Bill Burr was canceled as well. Right. This was all a plan by SNL. Yeah. <laughs> you know, conspiracy theory. Here you go. That is actually a pretty good conspiracy yeah. theory. That guy that uh, the artist that uh, that got canceled is he now a presenter on the new Florida radio station Trump Country? <laughs> Have you heard about this? The artist formerly known as Hick. <laughs> right. So there's a new station in uh, Fort Myers. And I saw this because, you know, I'm a man who needs a job, right? <laughs> and and we're, 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 we're wrapping up this edition of Did You America today. So we're not going to have time to unpack this fully. And I might have said too much incendiary stuff in today's podcast already. So I'm, I'm just going to sort of like put this idea out there and leave it with you because maybe we'll pick it up further down the line. So it's a station in Fort Myers and they're advertising for jocks, right? And it's called Trump Country. Their tagline is make country great again, huh. right? And uh, so I, I streamed it today and I listened to basically like it's a load of country songs that I've never heard before because I'm not a country fan. Disregard that Trump Country if you get my position. We love country. <laughs> um and it's basically a load of country songs and then uh, just a, a station voice that's like a bad impersonation of the president going, it's Trump country, we're making it huge. And my favorite thing I heard was, so there's no jock on, but during what would be the morning show hours, the uh, the idents go, it's Trump country, wake up, sleepy Joe. <laughs> oh, so here's, here's, my, here's my idea, right? Because everyone is so, we're all left wing and we're for this or we're all right wing and we're for that. Right. Me being an openly British gay person who doesn't dislike Trump. I'm not like full on Trumping, but I'm not like on the, the anti-Trump side that most people would think I would be right. by virtue of everything else I am. Would I be the greatest diversity hire ever <laughs> for Trump country to start bringing all of America together beginning in Florida, where it's always seen as the most divided. How about that for an idea? Whoa. Uh, that'll blow people's minds. Like, oh, we're not racist and bigoted. We have the gay British guy. It's a start. And I do have cowboy boots with the American flag on them. Honestly, I don't even think you have to send them a resume. Just send them this. Send them this in a picture of the boots. You're in. All right. I think we did America today, and I might just have made my new demo. We did it.